You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, folks, welcome back to today's Mountainless Flyer. We're talking to you, myself, Jeremy, and Andy's over there. It's been a while. Basketball talk, right? We've been delayed the season. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, uh, but the season is, you know, it's like less than a week away now, and it's, it's ready to talk about it, even if we have been a little delayed over the offseason. We've been lazy. We've been slacking. Hey, Sorry. it's been a big year on the football side for the Mountain West, right? Hey, two teams in the two playoff. teams. One more than the Pac-12. One more well, than not, the American. Heck yeah, that's right. And you know, it begs the question: You got two teams in there. Is the Mountain West going to get two teams in to the uh, to the NCAA tournament this year for basketball? In the minimum, yes. At least two. I don't know if this is a four-bid Mountain West year or not, like last year was, but we'll we'll get into all that. It could be. Well, Eli already nixed you in your magazine the three-bid Mountain West, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We, we've we had some arguments about that. We'll see what happens. But uh, we're back. MWR.com will have some basketball stuff popping up. Promise it will be there. Um, we also will be discussing well, – we got hoops. It's coming up. The first week of games, if we're being honest, Andy – there's a there's a gif with there the uh, meme of the dumpster guy guy from the dumpster way or the little 
emoji you could put in Twitter or on your text. It's typically that, right? Is that where we're getting at? The, their trash games the first week well, typically? There's a lot of trash games, but you're going to – that first weekend, you get a couple good ones that are, you know, pretty sneaky good. I mean, there's a few that are just real good on the surface. Um, I think the big one that stands out for me in the first week is San Diego State-BYU on November 12th. So that's that first Friday there. That's a pretty big game because I think these are two teams who aren't ranked right now, but I think both could be ranked throughout the season. So I think looking back at the end of the season, this is going to be a game that's probably going to be like one of those quadrant one games for both teams. Um, so, so that, that's a big one. Um, uh, a sneaky one on opening night too is Colorado mm-hmm. State or Oral Roberts. That's a fun oh, one. Oh, not. Wait, wait, not my Utah Valley Wolverines versus Boise State. Well, <laughs> and newly, and newly Twitter man, Leon Rice. You see that? And, on and now? Twitter man, yes, I did see that. Uh, begging, begging the students to come <laughs> to Extra Mile Arena. He's going the extra mile, you could say. Oh, um, boom. You should, you should not say it, but you could. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I mean, it normally the, the opening week is kind of a trash heap, but, we're kind of getting that out of the way right now with all these exhibitions going on. Um, you know, I guess all these secret scrimmages are happening too, but I, I would caution anyone from taking too, too much from a, a secret scrimmage. It's like taking too much from a preseason NFL game. That's not, <laughs> yeah. And it's just not what, I mean, if you're desperate to take something away, by all means, go, go for it and, you know, eat your little heart out, but don't, think that it's real necessarily just because it happened in a secret scrimmage. Exactly. That's, so that would be my PSA. Good, good, good one. So here's where we're going to get to a couple of things. We talked about some football for a podcast a little bit with me and Matt, but we don't talk to you too much about with this. Well, we don't do too many off season basketball. We did the Eli ending. If you remember that episode a while back, that oh, was yeah. fun. <laughs> that never took off the hashtag, but that's okay. But there's like, well, Sort of expansion, sort of not. So, and nothing really materialized, but there's, who knows, because Conference USA, and he might be dead, essentially. <laughs> yeah, going the way of the Buffalo. It's, uh, it's, it's not looking great for the Conference USA, but at the same time, you know, that was a league that has been decimated before and is still here. I mean, I remember when I was growing up and you know, it was the conference. Conference USA was a, a good league. It it had like Marquette and Louisville, and it had Cincinnati. It had a lot of really good programs, and it was fun to watch. And then it became, you know, it kind of slid into this mid-major role. And now I don't know what's happening to it, but don't be surprised if it shows up and it like eats the Southland alive. And cause the CUSA, it's just a vampire. You can't kill it. You, you yeah. know, it's just going to be around and it's going to do what it needs to do to survive. And you got to respect the game. Yeah. The last one, Sunbelt picked up some teams, like it took half the league or Rice or the American picked yeah. up some too, like UAB, you have, uh, what, Rice, uh, UTSA, they're all going to different conferences now. Sunbelt's getting involved. But, like, with the Mountain West, nothing happened. There is a rumors of the stupid, idiotic CSU Air Force to American, which, on a football front, it made the league worse because they're losing Cincinnati and UCF and um, oh, who's the other team? Houston. So it's like yeah. the basketball, it's like those are two of the three biggest leagues, teams in the league, essentially. 
because UCF had the one year Taco Fall, but that's about it. They're not really a powerhouse. Well, but Cincinnati has a yeah, lot yeah. of history, and they got a new head coach who's on the rise. So you know that, that's a program. There's a reason the Big Twelve took them. You know. Yeah, and Houston's turned around the past like five years when they they weren't very good the past couple. So right, it's not really Kelvin Sampson, Yeah, they don't go there. Boise Air Force, State of the State basically said thanks, but no thanks, American. And so the league's staying pat. Like we've discussed, like. What should the league do? Football-wise, add more G5 teams, which seems unlikely. Um, because even New Mexico State, who could be in the fringe, are going to um, – oh, shoot, where are they going? They're going to the um, – where's New Mexico State going? Sun Belt. Were they going to the Sun Belt? That's what I thought oh, I had heard. Yeah. Um, I but, see. but the Mountain West isn't adding anybody. <laughs> They're not adding a team. And so we made the thing of like, okay, I wanted like SMU Memphis. wasn't going to happen. So it's like, okay, that's kind of a pipe dream to get those two schools, especially, particularly Memphis. But they're not going to add any – I don't think they're going to call anybody up, like anybody from the big sky or anything. The only other option was Craig Thompson briefly mentioned, um, let's go get uh, Gonzaga again because he's trying to do something. Um, oh, you're right. New Mexico State's going to CUSA. That's what it is. Oh, right. So, so you know, that's how they're going to try to survive. But now there's this new news that, you know, after that news came out that – Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky are leaving the CUSA and going to the Mid-American. So oh, I missed that. Oh boy, that was uh, something I I don't know I don't think it's confirmed as of you know when we're talking right now, but that was something I saw that was at least being talked about. So you know a potential another death knell for the <laughs> conference USA. And that's why I say you know I don't really know what's happening, and, and who knows what the the real future of that league is going to be. But I I think a lot of those talks are all driven by football, but they do have that basketball component to them too. You know, there's – especially when you look at the Mountain West wanting to add a team like Gonzaga, that only really helps you for, bas- for, for basketball because they don't play football. So, you know, and, and that's part of the reason why they're still in the West Coast Conference and not in another league. So – you know, it, and that just complicates things further because, you know, if basketball mattered a little more on the bottom line, then you might see the Mountain West make – or, you know, you might see Gonzaga make a move out of that league or the Mountain West might, you know, make a generous offer here. But with no football, it just doesn't make sense to really, you know, roll out the red carpet too much for Gonzaga. So I don't think that's really going to happen. The only option I thought of, like, go after – like, this is months ago. Like, we'll get – Somehow BYU, but they're going to Big Twelve. Like, but honestly, if they can get like we mentioned, four teams, that would be a good fit possibly if it'd work out because they have eleven basketball. Actually, three teams. You get to fourteen because fifteen's unwieldy a little bit, even though other leagues are bigger. But you bring in Gonzaga, Wichita State, which was close, and like Grand Canyon, or maybe Mexico State, but not football. So like those were a couple of teams you could bring in, and that would make a league better. Than, almost, would that be better than the Pac-12 than Gonzaga and Wichita State? Yeah, I mean, I think you could just disband the whole Pac-12, too, and just divvy them up among the other conferences. That's fine. <laughs> you know, you send Utah and Colorado into the Mountain West. They belong there. That feels right. Sure. I yeah, feel like good. Oregon Oregon State is a good Mountain West school. I don't know about Oregon. They they feel like <laughs> they would be something else. But, you know, they, they would go to, like, the Big East or something. I or, Of course. I don't naturally. know. But, yeah, I think it's just – there's a lot that you could – the Mountain West is hard because it's a weird geographical fit. 
because yep. you do have those teams on the coast. Well, the team on the coast. Uh, I guess you have San Jose State and San Diego State. So, you know, you got those teams. You got to go to Boise, you know, all the way to, to Albuquerque. There's a pretty big footprint to cover already. Uh, and the teams that you're potentially looking at adding are a lot of them are on the other side of the Mississippi. So that, you know, that's going to be a hard sell, I think, for a lot of programs. I totally would be. That's part of it. It's just, we're traveling where? So like, they're likely to say, but specifically if it's like a football thing, but like all the other sports, like, well, how are we going to do this? How is this going to work with all these other teams? But they're going to say, Pat, which is fine. And there's, I'm just always looking at options. One thing to note too, basketball-wise, and then we'll move on to actual more specific Mountain West stuff. There's a two-year grace period because you need this certain amount of teams to make NCAA tournament, which is um, is it, it's eight, correct? Eight teams. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's eight. That's why the Great West Conference could never get a team in. <laughs> they never had so, enough. But, exactly, but there's a two-year grace period. So if CUSA is like at 16 for some reason, they have time to not lose that bid. So just to something to look at. We are correct. I'm looking at Western Kentucky and Mississippi State, Middle Tennessee, potentially to the max. So that's uh, a yeah. Yeah, but um, all right, let's get to our Mountain West stuff. So as we do our previously on last episode, or last season, <laughs> previously on, um, last year, if you recall, we were discussing this before because we had to remember you and I were still kind of fuzzy on it. San Diego State NCAA Tournament, Utah State NCAA Tournament, both lost in the first round. Colorado State made a deep NIT run, and that was the end of it. The season ended again week one of the, of the NCAA Tournament, essentially. <laughs> New coaches around two we'll get to, like Richard Pitino, which uh, it's not going well in Albuquerque so far from what I've heard. So, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it hasn't been going well in Albuquerque for a little while. So hopefully people aren't feeling too much shock. No, they should not. Oh, so by the way, before, before we, you know, are remiss to, to mention it, Boise State was also in the NIT and, and, Played. They beat SMU and then lost to Memphis. <laughs> they did. They, Good job. They did well, so, I was <laughs> so, so, so yeah. let me ask, let me ask you this. We did our poll. Um, you did the roundup. CSU is, who's the favorite? Because, and we look at the coaches poll and AP poll, they're kind of getting votes here and there. San Diego State topped our poll. The media poll was Colorado State, correct? Yeah, so I think there's but one last yeah, thing. But then you did you did the composite. It's also San Diego State, right? Yeah. So who is it? <laughs> well, I mean, if you ask me, I think it's San Diego State. But I think it's sort of gotten to the point where San Diego State is sort of the default answer for a lot of people, where they say, you know. Especially, hey, I'm a guy who I bought in on Boise State last year. That's why I went back. You know, I mentioned that, hey, they were kind of good. Um, no, they were good until like the last few games of the season and they just fumbled it away. But, you know, I took a risk, I guess, in believing that, hey, this upstart team is going to be good enough for long enough, consistently enough to win the league outright as the league champion. And it's hard to do. You know, that kind of consistency doesn't just happen overnight. And Brian Dutcher has seemingly got it going on right now. Um, he's kind of in, you know, maybe not quite at high a level, as high a level. Close, though, to the Eric Musselman run at Nevada of just like, well, I'm going to just keep picking this team at this point until it's 
until they show me that it's time to stop picking them. You know, last year it was the opposite. I was kind of gun shy and I was like, well, you know, yeah, Malachi Flynn was great, but who are these guys that you brought in? And, you know, it didn't matter who they brought in. Um, they, they still, they won the league. And yeah, the, the league was a little weird last year with the uneven schedules and whatnot. So, you know, people can, can be mad in that weird last week where they threw in all those extra games. Oh, jeez. The worst uh, thing in the world to do. And, and, not, and not even the good games to help them out. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, that was just a disaster week. Uh, unless you were San Diego State, in which case it was the miracle week. Because uh, wasn't that the week Nevada lost that one game or something, when they, or CSU or something? Was it like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was the game that basically, well, and then in the Mountain West tournament. But, you know, the, those couple games there at the end were basically what kept the Rams out of the tournament because they were on that first four-out uh, screen, you know, on the selection Sunday. So, yeah, just not... <laughs> not a great end of the end of the year there and that's where our four mid mountain west went down to just a, you know sadly two and um you know this season i think yeah like you said i think minimum two uh because colorado state is absolutely a tournament caliber team so picking them first is not dumb it's not wrong it's not anything it's just the riskier pick and some people were risky and Barely. some people – Well, yeah, I mean, right. Riskier in that they don't have, I guess, the recent history to draw from. But again, barely because I think it was like a half game that separated them last year. So really there's not a huge amount of daylight there. Um, but you see San Diego State in the tournament and Colorado State not in the tournament and there's your daylight. So I think a exactly. lot of people see that and they, they say, okay, well – Going to play this one safe and go with San Diego State, not the Toreros. Just San Diego State. Yeah, um, I would I would ask as well as my pick. Yeah, so I don't necessarily – I'm not going to go out, you know, on the hilltops and just scream that San Diego State is clearly far and away the better team. I just feel like they've been, you know, they've been a consistently high-level program. They're bringing in – uh, a, a player of the year level type of guy in Matt Bradley, uh, along with pieces that they've been developing there for years and guys like Trey Pulliam in Nathan Mensa. So, you know, there's a lot of things kind of gelling together at the same time inside of an already consistent, well-oiled machine. It's, you know, there's a lot to like there. Um, even if maybe all the names don't jump off the page, you know, if you haven't been following the SDSU program real close. So let me ask you this. Remember last year we talked about Fresno State, all the transfers that got approved last second with COVID. Remember that? We are like, well, we, we did our preview last year. Like, well, I don't know, maybe. Maybe not. They're eligible. Right, right, right. <laughs> we, 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 this is not to get to jump to Fresno State or anything, but they it could, that was a situation, I think, where they weren't practicing as much. They were all jumped in there, and it's like, uh, what do we do, guys? Just go play. So the reason I bring that up because you bring in Matt Bradley, who is a first-team all-conference caliber player. like a player of the year. Uh, one of the top five players in the conference, I think. And then, But then you also have guys like Chad Baker, Mazzara. You have, uh, um, what's his name, Tro Dabati. You have Jordan Ledee. Like, all these transfers coming in. 
is this like can Brian Dutcher even with all the other guys they have who you mentioned too like Mets and everything is that going to be are they going to be able to gel enough I know practice has been more normal but you bring in all these transfers and one guy like is Matt Bradley really going to come in and just be the guy right away like I maybe think, I think so is that I think the that, scenario so I think that. Well, and I think, you know, it's important to remember, too, on, on San Diego State, you don't need to necessarily have a guy scoring 20 points a game because they're only oh, scoring, really? like, 60. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, you're going to get Matt Bradley being the leading scorer. And might he might not lead the Mountain West in scoring, but he'll probably he, – he should lead the Aztecs in scoring. Um, he's, well, he's, re- he's really the headliner here. Baker Mazzara, now he was good at Duquesne. I think that he could be the kind of guy who could come in and become like a Jordan Shackle type, uh, who's going to come in and just be a sharpshooter. But I don't know if he's there and fits there right now as that guy that you just plug and play immediately and don't think twice. So I think you're going to see him rotate in a little bit more slowly um, over the course of the season. Diabate and Ladie, I think, are more kind of depth pieces. I think that you're going to see Nathan Mensa and uh, Tamayic in the in the five spot, maybe even sometimes playing on the floor together. I think I saw that a little bit last season, but you know, not usually. I think you're going to see Matt Bradley more kind of sliding into that Matt Mitchellish, uh, David Roddy-ish, you know, small four type mm-hmm. of. Uh, position because Matt Bradley he's only 6'4 he's not quite as uh, tall as Matt Mitchell was but he, he's built he's like 220 so he's he's built he's a he's a good scorer um, creates for himself a lot so you don't necessarily need to worry about that you know he he's going to be initiating a lot of the offense there so yeah I think that that's going to be uh, he should be newcomer of the year I, I think Kind of running away here. That's that's my take of it. Um, I, that's just my thought. Like you bring in all these guys or talent, like not that it won't work, but it's it's something to concern. Like the Fresno State thing, you're bringing all these guys who are that good, and Fresno or excuse me, Asics play different type of offense in a cow because, like I wasn't kidding, like he may lead the comp, lead the team 14 points a game, 13 points a game, yeah, with three other guys that like t- they may do what they typically do. What seven guys, eight plus points a game with maybe something three like that. double digits. Yeah, so and like, there's a lot of depth on the team. And that's the other thing about, about the San Diego State team that you, if you, if you know who the guys are, they might only average four, you know, three, four points a game last season, something like that. But these guys are players who have been kind of laying in wait and they've been, they're ready. Guys like, uh, Lamont Butler Jr., um, Kashad Johnson, guys, I'm expecting to kind of take a jump here with with more playing time this season. Um, but then also guys who've been around and been role players like Adam Seiko, Agakarop, um, that I think you're going to see. Just that's that's the thing with these Brian Dutcher teams; they're not all stars, they're not all going to be all conference teams. But he can roll out these, you know, eight nine man rotations. And not lose much when he's doing it. He keeps the defense up. That's the thing is the defense depth too does not really drop off during these rotations. And so they just are a consistent force that's tough to beat over the long haul in the season. Yeah, it's the depth defense. It's going to be a defensive team clearly. But what we recall last year, it's like the last couple of years, they haven't been, they've been good, but not what um, Steve Fisher was. 
They've been close, but not quite there. Well, and, you know, it's, it's tough to say because that that year that they were like they were going to be a one seed, probably a, or maybe a two, depending yeah, on where Dayton went. Yeah. But you know, so it's hard to judge too much just because that year got taken away. So I mean. There's a chance we could have been talking about a Brian Dutcher national championship or something like that, which. Sure, that's fair. You know. But so, but I, I think, yeah, he's not at the Steve, I mean, the coach of the year award is named after Steve Fisher. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, he's not quite yeah, at that so. level yet. Um, but he's, he's building it there and he was there with Steve Fisher too. So, I mean, that program is, you know, it's, just as much his at this point. And, and you can really see that evidenced in him not going to Minnesota over the off season. Um, yeah. Which is a program like, that you could also argue would have been his. And he just said, he said, you know, now I'm going to stay here and do this. That, that also said something to me of like, all right, man, this guy's building something here and I'm not going to pick against it until they're done. Well, it's why, what's his name? Um, oh shoot. Um, Tim Miles, who's now San Jose State, should never left Colorado State. Let's go to Nebraska. And he had the one good year. It's like, why go there where you're facing Wisconsin, you're facing Purdue, you're facing Indiana, Michigan, you're Michigan facing State, Big Ten athletic directors, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who, who aren't who aren't going to put up with you know nonsense, kind of a thing. Whereas he's you good might nonsense. Know, he, oh no, 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 and I don't mean that kind of nonsense. I mean like losing <laughs> um, oh, yeah, or, or not not going to the Sweet Sixteen or you know whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that his you know his weird charming personality is hey i'm just happy to have it back in the mountain west exactly so one thing i noted like in your guys preview your magazine preview heat check cbb which go spend eight bucks come on give me andy andy needs a couple quarters here so go go spend eight bucks in the magazine and i don't write as much as i used to on that site either so you know i don't i'm not getting as many hits so yeah go buy the magazine uh great books in there dpi's back right Yep, DPI's coming back. We got the Gold Star Guide coming back. We got all sorts of fun stuff going on. So the one note I wanted to bring up, not we'll get to your grade book, but returning minutes is a big deal, 61%. So I don't know how big a deal that is. It should be, it's a pretty big deal. But I just realized as I say it, because in college football, we talked about this before, like everybody has the extra year, like the freebie essentially. Sure. So I, is six, when you did the research for this magazine, was 61% about average on the high end or did everybody bring everybody back? Um, well, so I'll tell you, we only did this for, we only did the returning minutes thing for the tournament teams, you know, as a thing. And, and honestly, I don't recall what the average was, uh, of those teams even, but I would say that a lot of the teams, I do recall a lot of the teams that we put in were closer to 90% than they were to 40, you know, so I think 60 sounds like a good average, probably something a little closer to 70. Um, sorry, I mean a good, a good guess, not necessarily a good average, but I think that that might be close to the average, especially when you look at all the transfers. Cause unless, yes, hold on, unless you're Oregon, I'm scrolling through 39% returning minutes. <laughs> Right. And so again, these are trends. <laughs> most but of them are. Most, like, but there's UCLA, some like 93%, Colorado State, 97%, South Belmont. Dakota State, I think, is like 99.3 or something. It's, you know, so that was. You, sorry. Um, what I was going to say, did, does transfer minutes include that, or is that actual minutes returning from your team from the year before? Those are the minutes that are coming back from your team. 
from okay, last so, year. So that so does that, not count like, oh, your transfers played 500 minutes for Kentucky or whatever. Um, you know, those don't count towards your – Okay. Unless you're Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, obviously. So it looks like a new grade book for, CS, for San Diego State. The only kind of ding you have on them is field goals because uh, – defensive field goals. Yeah, and that's just because, you know, and that's, and, and that's going to be, you know, so they give up effect, you know, that's their, that's going to be a grade that looks at their effective field goal rate on defense. Um, and basically, they don't have a huge post presence inside. They don't have an, or they didn't, you know, last year, and I don't really project them to have one this year. They don't have a Nemeas Keda. They don't have uh, a Nathan Mensa. They don't have that Orlando Robinson type of guy who's inside yeah. swatting shots away, who's really affecting shots, who's just keeping guys out of the paint in general. Um, so I think people do, if they can get inside the, the Colorado State defense, the buckets are a little easier to get once you get there. And I think so that's where you're going to see that kind of come in. If, you know, a, a big bodied guy like Deshaun Thomas for Colorado State was able to, uh, kind of develop that, especially in his platoon role kind of with James Moore's, who's a little more offensive, uh, I think you could see, um, that, I mean, that, that would be great for them if, if that development happened. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they really have that interior presence there necessarily that's going to turn them into an elite defensive team. Thankfully, they're an elite offensive team. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're real good when they have the ball in their hands. All right, so let's go real quick. Let's go over some of the bigger games of the year. They have a – Aztecs always put together a good schedule. Mm-hmm. They have uh, – we mentioned BYU. They have Arizona State. Um, I know I love UT Arlington when Scott Cross is there. Is Arlington still a team that runs up and down the court? I don't. They well, they have a new because Chris Beard stole their code. They stole uh, Ogden from Mm -hmm. UT Arlen when he went to Texas. So now Ogden's an assistant at Texas after being the head guy over at Arlington. So I'm not exactly sure what uh, UT Arlington is going to do. I'm kind of looking and waiting and seeing. Uh, To be perfectly honest, the WAC was not my uh, was not one of my assignments this off season. So I'm catching up on them too. It's all good. So, but like they're usually an okay team. It's not like the bottom feeder team. There might be like a probably a the home games probably Q three game. But they like yeah, well, the, State, Georgetown, the, they got some yeah. decent teams. The thing with the WAC though to remember too with UT Arlington is that um, they will be playing a lot of decent teams now with Stephen F Austin, Abilene Christian, right. and uh, Sam Houston State and Lamar all joining over in the WAC. So Dixie State too, I think I don't know how good they are, but they're in the WAC now, aren't they? What's which one? Isn't Dixie State in the WAC now this year? Uh, they were in it last year and they are in it okay. again. And uh, Southern Utah is going to be joining next year. They're the new, they're the new, new ones who are coming. So you'll have that kind of Cedar City, St. George. Todd Simon. Yeah. You'll have Todd Simon in the whack, and that's always a good thing. Yeah. The Cedar City, St. George, it's a 60 minute road trip in between. So I made that trip, made that trek many times. And like I've been to, I know Dixie State technically it's going to be, I think, Utah Tech pretty soon because we're making that name change. Not to go off on that, but that university. I've been there a couple of times. It's amazing. It's very nice. So it's a pretty it's a sweet campus. Here we get a chance to go. A um, couple of no- notables. They get Georgetown. They have Long Beach State. Eh, we'll see. But they go to Michigan, yeah. which is also a pretty nice CBS game. That's pretty good. Uh, St. Mary's. Yeah. What was that? Oh, I was saying December 4th that they're playing oh. at Michigan. 
and yeah, they got Michigan, then like St. Mary's. So they have a good non-conference schedule. I don't know how many yeah. of those they could win, but like that's like if you're looking at maybe just okay, my lack of research competitive overall. But I'm looking at like Q1 games. BYU definitely could be. Maybe Arizona State because maybe. Yeah. Like Georgetown maybe no. right. I don't think There's, so. Uh, you know, well, I, mean, no? I think that Georgetown is – they're a big East team, so they're going to probably end up in the top 100 somehow. That's what I'm saying. But, hey, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it would be tough. Point. It's a home I think game, probably so be top 70. The okay. That's a – yeah, that's – no, that's – that's yeah, that's neutral. That's an Anaheim. That's the Wooden Legacy. And if I think we're looking at the same website here, the, the school website – they have the wooden legacy logo here, so you don't see Southern California. So USC right there, that's a team that could slide up because I think USC is probably a tournament team. Um, neutral site against USC, if they end up top fifty, I believe it is for neutral sites. Um, that's a quad one win. Yeah, so that's what Michigan as well. St. Mary's be on the fringe of that, depending on how they are. So they could have like what maybe depending on Mountain West, what maybe, you think maybe five Q and opportunities. Oh, yeah. So, I think that that's very possible here. Like, probably one of the Nevada games on the road. Oh, actually, like a, Arizona State being home, uh, that one's probably, a, that one's probably a stretch to be Q1. I would say at BYU for sure, neutral site against USC, assuming, assuming they get that matchup, uh, at Michigan for sure. Yeah. Maybe neutral site against St. Mary's. Those are the four that I feel the most confident about. Arizona we'll State. Was that? Oh, sorry, league game. CSU league game. Oh yeah, right. And then six. league games. Um, maybe seven. Nevada yeah, on the road. Maybe, maybe Nevada on the road. See, we'll see about both. We'll see about both about Colorado State and you know where everyone ends up. Um, if I will, I'll bet two Mount at least two Mountain West games will be Q ones. Yeah, I think at least two. The ones where they go on the road, I feel better about um, those being top 75 teams. Whether or not they'll be like top 30 or 35 teams when they play them at home. uh, We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, but looking in the non-conference, I think San Diego State's got four four real big ones. And it starts right in the first week with that first Friday matchup in Provo against BYU. Yeah. Oh, that's in Provo. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go. We'll see if I get there my media pass. To let me in. To let me in. I say, hey, I'm I'm cut for a promise. I'm just, I, it's okay. Let me in. Come on. Yeah, guys. and then you gotta you know you just gotta live stream it somehow, and you know we'll we'll get the content. Dude, it's really probably well. on. Come on. It's probably it's probably on BYU TV. So it's probably on BYU TV. That's true. It's free, and you can watch it anywhere, and it's a great good product. All right, let's move on to the Rams, who are either first or second seed. Um, you guys project them as a ten seed at large bid. Because you guys don't have the Rams winning the Mountain West, so take it up with Andy and Eli, Venture Case guys, and everybody else. And uh, uh, oh, don't, um, don't worry, I, my new my new boss is a is a Rams. Well, not my boss necessarily, but what a guy above me at work is. Uh, he is uh, a Rams fan, so I'm getting it, you know, all over the place um, with these predictions that they're gonna that they're gonna lose. So, the conference. So, I mean, as much as I would love to ride the fence and just say, you know, like, oh, I think they're going to tie. I, I can't do that. Even if I don't, I, I'm not ruling that out that they could tie for first in this conference. But yeah, uh, lame. if you, it is lame. And so that's why I was like, all right, well, then fine. If you're going to make me pick, I'm going to pick safely. And I'm going to go with San Diego State. So, you know, blame the Rams fans for forcing me to choose. 
but but they may have two of the best five players in the league. David Roddy and then Isaiah oh, yeah. Stevens is amazing. Oh, yeah. Isaiah like, Stevens is probably you know everything I'm hearing right now is that Isaiah Stevens is primed to take a huge jump this year, uh, which is crazy. Because he's yeah. been exceptional five last year. He's a freshman. Um, but, you know, if you remember, and I certainly do, his freshman year, Isaiah Stevens was the story. Yeah. Then last year, I mean, and David Roddy was great, but he was kind of like, oh, whoa, and this guy? You know, it, you showed up for Isaiah Stevens, and you got to see David Roddy, too. Last season – it sort of flipped a little as Isaiah Stevens struggled a little bit and David Roddy just went nuts. Yeah. Um, you Almost know, a double so, double last year. Right. And so coming into this season, everyone's like, Oh my God, David Roddy. And like, you know, he's just got, he's got some pretty, he's, you know, he's a big guy. He's bulky, you know, I don't stocky, all the different former things. Former football say. player, so. Former football. Yeah, I mean, gosh, you're going to hear it every single time he plays. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he is just, he's a fun guy to watch, basically. It's fun to watch a guy who looks like David Roddy be so dang good at basketball, uh, against guys who are bigger, smaller, faster, slower, whatever, stronger. I mean, he's just, he does everything and that's fun. But it takes away some of the focus from Isaiah Stevens, who is really, really good and probably the second best point guard in the league behind Grant Sherfield. Yeah. Like they have like and they, and I don't think the difference between Sherfield and Stevens is that huge either, by the way. Yeah, Sherfield just makes game winners, that's all he does. Ooh, so. I mean, but hey, <laughs> Stevens does some of that too. If you remember that freshman year it was, I believe, Colorado State against Nevada uh, before Sherfield got there. But when when a Sh- Stevens was a freshman, he hit the big game winner against Nevada. So they know all about they know all about him. So when you look at who did come back, like their line, like ninety over ninety percent of their returning production or minutes, I should say, not, but that's different than production. But Stevens clearly fifteen and five, Roddy 15, sixteen and nine and a half. You have guys like Kendall Moore, another another ten point a gap. Like Adam Thistlewood, who just give him the three pointer, don't leave him open. He's even though he's sick, like big, like they have size too, which is crazy. I know Kendall Moore's tiny, five ten one fifty. Is that correct? Is it, is, it is. It is absolutely correct. Kendall Moore is the wi- <laughs> he is the wiriest dude. I, but hey. But do not make the mistake of thinking that that makes him like weak or not a good defender. Kendall Moore is probably the best defender. He was probably the best defender on the team last year, and he's one of the better perimeter defenders in the whole league. So in yes, that small package, somehow he makes it work. Um, Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. But but yeah, and I mean that's how you get a one a guy who's that size starting or you know playing major minutes on a on a D one program like Colorado State. But he's yes, that number is correct. I was making sure, but like looking at their size, like 
like we kind of half kidding, like when you look at um, um, Roddy, you have more six ten two forty. You have this like going back to Thistlewood two six six two twelve, and that's not huge, but that length it's lengthy athleticism. But he sits thirty six percent from three point shooting. Oh, they, yeah. could, like they legitimately like James Moore, like he was there under Nico Carvaccio. What he's doing, like playing underneath, like he did okay. Could they like this team's going to score a million points a game? Because this would probably be double a double digit guy. Kendall Moore is probably going to do better. You mentioned Stevens could get higher. Maybe like I don't think they'll have all five starters in double digits, but I could see Moore getting a huge increase because Nico Carvaccio had wasn't he wasn't there that stat where he had oh what was it like he was up there with like the all time greats of power forward centers a couple years ago for the remember what was the stat like. Um, Thousand rebounds. Oh or something. gosh, yeah, it was with like David Robinson and somebody yeah. else or something. Where he's like, like they only got to have like two thousand points and a thousand rebounds or something like that. Something wild. And um, it was like the, the yeah. best, the best of all time. Yeah, and I mean, Nico so, Carvacho was an all timer for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think James Moore's will ever turn into Nico Carvacho. Well, that's what I'm saying, but, like, he learned from him. And just one quick note, you guys have out there, at the end of the season, he had over, like, still over two blocks and steals in, in, through, in March, essentially, which over doubled what he had. And so if his progression is not that he'll go to, like, 10 and, 10 and 8 points of rebounds, 10, 10 and 8 guy, but is there going to be, like, the, the concern for them, this team? Not a concern, but, like, a million scores, there going to be enough, enough shots to go for everybody. Because that, oh, not that oh, that's a concern, I, but they're going to run enough. So. Like, is that the well, reason to just pay The first it? thing to think is, you know, it worked last year, and look at yeah. how much they're bringing back. Um, and the only guy, I mean, the, the major, major piece I'd say that they're adding into the equation is Chandler Jacobs, um, yeah. a, a D2 transfer who was a D2 All-American uh, at Dallas Baptist, and a guy who was – Defensive player of the year twice in his conference. You don't do that by being a super selfish guy, win defensive player of the year, you know? Um, and so I'm not super concerned. And I also really don't think that Nico Medved is like hurting to take on a head case or anything like that either, right? Yeah. So, um, so I think that he, he'll be just fine sliding into the rotation there, kind of rotating in with, um, with, more probably most and and probably spelling Stevens a little bit at point guard too. Um, but I think that there's definitely not really a chemistry concern for me with this team. My concern, if anything, is, okay, we saw what they did last season. How much higher is the ceiling really for this team? And I'm sure, you know, at every media day or press conference or tweet from the, you know, from the team's social media account, you're going to see that there is no ceiling, that the sky is the limit, that, you know, blah, 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 you can go. <laughs> not, the, not, the, not the roof is the ceiling or whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, I think Colorado State is a great team, but how, what does that mean? In the Mountain West, a great team might finish second and still get into the tournament by the skin of their teeth, you know? And so that's where Colorado state comes in as a 10 seed for, for me or for us. I mean, really for Lucas Harkins, who does our bracketology, but, um, but we, I mean, we all agreed with it too. uh, That first off the league gets a little disrespect 
I think that's that's fair to admit without being too, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not trying to manufacture haters or anything here, but I would say that the Mountain West probably deserved three bids last year. You know, so a, a slight bit of disrespect, but it's not like they just gave it one. So well, it's anyway. like it's like what we always say, like you're blessed by being in a big like the Syracuse model. You're gifted or blessed 15 Q1 games just because of league you play in, and not because you have to try to schedule decent teams. True. And to move on to the Rams schedule, what are they doing here, man? Like, well, it's, I love the first. The, I love. Well, I love the idea of the first game. Let's say that. Bradley. So. Th- or no, 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 go on. Uh, or, 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 Oral Roberts on opening day. So that's great, right? Because Oral Roberts had their whole, you know, Sweet 16 run. They almost got to the Elite Eight. But, you know, the, the Max A. Smith's fadeaway three bounces out against Arkansas. And, oh, you know, the dream's dead. And the dream is not just dead because that shot bounced out, but also they lost Kevin O'Banner, who was a huge piece in that run. Um, you know, he was the big man that made Max A. Smith's work and made, he drew defenders off of people to get Max A. Smith's open. You know, he's gone to Texas Tech now. Um, you've got, uh, RJ Glasper, who was at Oral Roberts last year. He's off. He's gone to, uh, Incarnate Word, I believe. So, you know, you've got Oral Roberts coming in and it, and they still do have Max A. Smith's by the way, who was the leading scorer in the nation last year at over 25 points per game, which is just ridiculous. Um, so you've got that on opening night, but I don't think Oral Roberts is going to be all that good. And and what people will forget in all time from history because of the Sweet 16 run is that I, I think they finished fourth in their conference last year. They weren't like a dominant powerhouse team. They just got hot at the right time. There's a reason they were a 15 seed, you know. So, and it's not just yeah. that the Summit League is like a terrible league that you can't get better out of. South Dakota State has gotten 12 seeds out of that league before, so I'm not buying that. So Oral Roberts just wasn't that great. They got hot late, that's for sure. And our and our boy Sean Paul, he called it that Oral Roberts yeah. was going to beat Ohio State. He called it before they even had the matchup, which I still don't even understand. But he's that uh, good. <laughs> he's that good, I guess. Yeah, geez, man, that kid's a monster. Anyway, um, so no, I, I love it. But uh, so you got Oral Roberts coming in, but it's not the same Oral Roberts that everyone just saw in March. So I want to just, you know, that's a warning for everybody. Um, somehow you have Peru State on here. What is? What is a Peru? Well, it is the state university of the country of Peru, I assume. I don't, I don't know, but it looks like a pretty cool little logo they got for themselves. Yeah, you got the, so they're going to the Paradise Jam. Uh, Colorado State is. They're going down to the Virgin Islands for that. So nice, good for them. When they get there, they're playing Bradley first, who is going to be a middle of the pack team in the Missouri Valley. So that's not a big opportunity. Brown or Creighton is their next scheduled opponent, and I prefer Creighton, right? You prefer Creighton for sure, but I think Creighton's going to have <laughs> a, a bit of a down year, and I don't think that's going to ever get toward the Q1 opportunity. Really, I don't really, I don't really see Creighton as a as a top fifty no team. Way. 
And in the and in the other pod, it's kind of the same thing. Colorado is the best team in, on the other side of the bracket. You know, you have Northeastern Duquesne and Southern Illinois, and I and Colorado just lost McKinley Wright. You know, they do still have Jabari Walker, who is a budding star. You have Evan Batty back, who's you know heart of the team. He's going to bridge that sort of transition of one era to the next. But you lost your floor general and like just a, a legend at the school in McKinley Wright. So. I don't really I don't again I don't see Colorado necessarily being a train wreck but I don't see them being top 50 either. Yeah. Uh, but of it, course that would like, be cool if they played Colorado. I mean, let's not get too tunnel focused here. Colorado <laughs> Colorado would be an awesome uh, like a, if they somehow met in the finals at the Paradise Jam in the Virgin Islands, that would be super cool to have that rivalry game happen, but I don't think it would be a Q1 game. Maybe for Colorado well <laughs> <laughs> like then they got northern colorado little rock st mary's good cool hey you know i know st mary's travels out of the state they go to fort collins oh my gosh when did randy his passport <laughs> i know passport was his state. Oh. like the other games like st mary's uh, mississippi state tulsa eh, alabama whatever Miss, but, no, Alabama, that's a good one. So Alabama is, you know, they're like a top 10 team. So that's definitely, and fine. that one is, I'll buy, I'll, well, I'm just telling you, it's a neutral site. So it's definitely a Q1. Oh, um, and Mississippi yeah. State also neutral site. And so I think that's also going to be a Q1. So Barely, it's in Birmingham. Come on. <laughs> Oh, the, the Alabama game is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, air so, quotes, neutral game. Right. Yeah, they're getting a little hosed on that one. I think, uh, pretty sure Ken Palm's gonna list that as one of his, like, semi-away games for, or semi-neutral. Exactly. Yeah. One of those, like, uh, yeah. So yeah, that it's, looks like, and then, and then just like you said with San Diego State, during the league, you know, you're gonna get the away games at Viejas and Lawler for San Diego State and Nevada. Those are probably gonna be Q1 games. Uh, Anything else is going to be a bit of a dice roll. Uh, the game at home against San Diego State probably will be a Q1, but one of the lower ones maybe, like yeah, the Q1B. It's good they get Aztecs twice. They get Utah State twice. I think they get Nevada twice. So they get uh, the teams. Oh, yeah. They- I didn't even check to make sure that they actually had those games. Jeez. They didn't know. Yeah, no, they do. They do. They go to VA <laughs> March, March 1st in that last week. Yeah. Dude, that's a rough little back-to-back travel there where they go to Logan and then to San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. Back home, yeah, that's a – yeah, it's a two-day – yeah, that's the day off in between, 28-1. So, so you – I picked them second. So what seed do you think they'll be? What was the 10 seed you mentioned? For Colorado State? Yeah. Yeah, I think Colorado State will be a 10 seed. I think that San Diego State's going to win the league. I think they'll probably be closer to a – I mean, they got a 6 seed last year. Um, I think that that is probably right around – I mean, there's always the chance that they go and get real hot and go crazy, right? But I think 6 is probably a pretty good conservative um, top of their range, whereas I think uh, maybe – Eight is eight or nine would be the floor. I don't really see San Diego State slipping further past that, but it could happen if the pieces don't gel right. I just I think they're gonna. So who who's your third team? Like when we go to our, let's go to our power pool like from our staff and everything. 
It was actually my internet's being awkward. So it was basically Nevada, yeah, duh, Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else would it be? See, we're not, we made a yeah. change to the show. We're not we're going top to bottom because once we get past like six, we're gonna blast through these. So, yeah. so <laughs> you can tell by now that we, you know, we're kind of talking a lot about these teams. But but these are yeah, these are the most important teams I think in the league as well to you know to to the grand scheme of winning a national championship. So, oh, um, so yeah, high national. So they got yeah. Grant Sherfield, who again, sure shot makes everything he can make out there. He he is he the best scorer in the conference? You think? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why you know he he was the preseason player of the year. There you go. Exactly. Okay. That's so what, sometimes yeah. sometimes I need confirmation from the basketball guy to make well, sure. I, mean, I don't have this guy in front of me right now. I honestly I don't recall if he. Technically led the the league in scoring last year. Last year was weird anyway, though. Again, with the uneven schedules and all this stuff. So, um, if you're just asking me the question, though, is he the best scorer in the league? I'm gonna think for a second and say, uh, yeah, I think so. She's <laughs> uh, like yeah. he just. I remember making the game winners, shooting deep threes. Hit like Nevada's good. Steve Alford's gonna be getting there. This is what year three, right, with Alford? And you know. It's year three with developing some of some of his guys too, which is important. I mean, you know, Sherfield, um, Desmond Cambridge, who's really really good, is you know, I guess in the second banana role there, uh, the sidekick, <laughs> the, the Robin to the Batman, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it. If Sherfield wasn't there, Devin Cambridge would be the guy we were talking about. He or uh, not Desmond Cambridge, not Devin Cambridge. He's a different guy. He's over in Auburn. Uh, Desmond Cambridge would be the guy that we'd be talking about for uh, Nevada if Grant Sherfield weren't there. He's really good. He was a star at Brown before he came over to Nevada and sat for a year. Um, Sherfield's just that good. They, you know, he's kind of taken over the the lead role there. But they really do have a big one-two punch in those two guys in the backcourt, and it's arguably it's. I mean, it's it's probably the best backcourt. If you're not counting Roddy as a as a guard, which you know I think it's <laughs> fair to not count Roddy as a as a pure guard. You mean the linebacker? <laughs> right. I think that it's pretty good, easy to say that you know Nevada has the best backcourt in the conference, and that you know it's up there in terms of best backcourts in the country. Uh, it is really that good because Sherfield's so good on offense, and and Desmond Cambridge is really a great great defender. So. Yeah, they just they work really well for that team, but you know, uh Warren Washington is a guy who has been developing like crazy under Alford. I remember watching Warren Washington as a freshman when he was at Oregon State, thinking that there's, you know, some potential, but he was really raw when I, you know, when the last time I saw him and then he's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger, he's more confident in his game. He's turning into a real force there and he, he and um Will Baker who was a five-star recruit out of high school, went to Texas and didn't really do much, and then transferred to Nevada. Um, those two are going to make for a really strong front court for Nevada too. So, you know, when you put those things together, a strong front court and a strong back court, that's that's what you need, right, to, to get into the tournament. Okay. <laughs> so, what about A.J. Brahma? He, well, and there's your guy. And there's your, you know, there's your scoring from the wing is, yeah, 20 and 10 at, you know, in the Horizon League. So I don't expect those numbers to translate over. 
Uh, but I think AJ Brown is going to be great. I think that Keenan Blackshear is going to have some good uh, contributions. He's another transfer from Florida Atlantic. Uh, I think Brown is going to be good. I don't think he's going to be quite at the level of a guy like uh, Matt Bradley in terms of his impact on the team and, and taking over the offense. Uh, he certainly he he can get his he gets his buckets. So yeah, he, he's a guy to watch out for. But Trey Coleman. Uh, also another wing there. He, he had a good freshman year. Uh, he ended up, you know, fighting into the starting lineup. So, you know, there, there are pieces there that I think, again, they don't necessarily jump off the page as like, whoa, these guys are going to be great. Unless you've kind of been watching what's going on with them for a little while. Um, now that I think they're ready to make a jump here. I personally, think that I would have them uh, right there on the bubble. I have them on the inside. Uh, my colleague Lucas Harkins had them on the outside, so Nevada did not make it uh, into our Heat Check CBB season preview magazine as a tournament team. But I think that Nevada, you know, they could be playing in Dayton in one of those play-in games. They could just be like a straight-up 11 seed maybe even as high as that 10 seed that I'm thinking that Colorado might or Colorado State might get. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Nevada's a top 50-ish team this year, and that's going to put you right around tournament talk. Exactly. And then you have guys like Will Baker coming in from Texas, and we'll see what he, like, we'll see what he can do. But also, remember last year how many guys they played so many minutes? They had 10 players play at least 10 minutes a game. And, and so when they're done, you know, yeah. like Zane, Zane Meeks is gone, um, Trying to remember, is, uh, who else left? Kane Milling leave? I think, um, you know, the, there's, there's a couple guys who were gone from Nevada and, but they did, I mean, they didn't get hit. They were not the worst team in Nevada in terms of the, uh, transfer portal. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, UNLV had a much harder time in the transfer portal this year than Nevada did. Although they, I mean, they scored out of it too, but they lost a lot of guys. They they did, but they played their exhibit like whatever you want to take from an exhibition game. Ten players played double digits again in a minute, so they they have depth. They may not be as depth or as depth as deep as last year, but it's also again like Baker, Brahma, all these guys coming in transfers coming in from across the country. It's at least they can practice this year compared to last year because that was right. kind of difficult to figure things out. So and like, Baker was with the, take, uh, I, if if I'm not mistaken, I, think, I believe Baker joined. The team earlier than some of the other transfers. He, his, he was a mid-season transfer. He did not go in the summer, so he might even have a little more familiarity that might be working in his favor. Just to your point. So yeah, so here they have going from they have the best player in the league, um, one of the best coaches in Steve Alford, what he did in New Mexico, and then he had the one year at UCLA essentially where he was good. Right. By Kayla, the Mexico like one of the best years ever. So. As for a coach, you want the top coaches, the best player. They have depth. They have everything you want, like leadership to make potential runs. So why aren't they considered? You have them in, but why do you think people say no? They're not going to be a potential preseason NCAA tournament team. I think part of it is that you look at a guy like Will Baker. Um, there's not a lot of real on-court production to point to to say, "Yep, there it is. There's the proof in the pudding. They're going." Um, you look at AJ Brahma, who does have that proven production, and you can pretty easily shoot that down and say, "Nope, sorry, not going to translate." He played in the Horizon League, you know, cupcakes. Um, 
you know, playing against the Youngstown State defense every week, you know, it's like, that's not gonna, it's, and I'm not saying I could score 20 points against them, but, uh, you know, I think that people are maybe wary of a guy like that coming over and really just being sort of a, an empty number, you know, whether or not those statistics are real still remains to be seen, I think, in some people's eyes. Um, Warren Washington, you know, I've got a soft spot for him and I pay attention to how he's developed because he was an Oregon State guy, right? I have an investment, I suppose, in it in some way. Um, but nationally, I'm not sure that he gets that same kind of love where a guy like Grant Sherfield definitely jumps off the page to people. Desmond Cambridge, you know, I think he is mostly seen as just a second banana, uh, kind of guy. And he's, he's more than that though. He might, you know, in terms of an offensive option, yeah, he's the second option because you have Grant Sherfield. But, uh, he's, you know, I think his defensive contributions are things that might not be taken into account, right? Um, but hey, if you want, if I'll play devil's advocate against myself too a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, I'm being a little optimistic and wanting a three bid Mountain West. And I do remember what happened last year where there were three tournament worthy teams. I will, I feel confident saying, uh, that Colorado State was worthy of a bid. Um, and they only got two. So that might be the other reason, you know, that's a playing it safe pick is just to give the Mountain West two. And if you're doing preseason bracketology, giving any mid-major league three bids kind of it, it handcuffs you a lot uh, for the bids that you can give out to other teams. And it's really easy at this point in the season to fall in love with a lot of teams and a lot of conferences and want to give two bids to every you know mid-major league, basically. So, you know, I can see why a lot of people might have Nevada on the outside when they've already taken San Diego State and Colorado State. What's well, like the preseason college football poll, specifically P, they'll put maybe two teams outside the power five. End of the year, end of the year right. there's usually – Four to six. It's like, just do it now, cause you'll think yourself late. Not that I'd say Nevada shouldn't be in there. I think they're, I think they have the making of that, but we'll see. But when you look at their schedule, it's, eh, they got, they, they got Washington. They have, um, Green Canyon. Are they still a decent team? But yeah, Green Canyon should be good team. again. Um, you know, they're, it's not going to be the same team for sure. Uh, Midgard's gone, Alessandro Lavera's gone, but they should be pretty good. They, they did well in the transfer portal. Um, I don't think it's gonna be, you know, a game that affects Nevada's bracketology though. So, you know, I'm looking at, and this, sorry, this is a good reminder looking at the schedule. This is the major reason why Nevada is not being picked in a lot of these, uh, polls. Yeah, they're, they're, an affiliate, brackets. they're, they're an affiliate West Coast Conference member this year. Come on, they got Pepperdine, San Clara, San Diego, San Francisco. What are they doing? Like they're playing garbage. LMU, they, they yeah, also LMU, LMU on there. So you know, West Coast Conference. All right, now before I get my friends in the West Coast Conference, you know, fanhood mad at me, the West Coast Conference is slated to have a real good year, and all of those teams we just, well, maybe not Pepperdine, but all of those teams we just mentioned, uh, especially San Francisco, Loyola, Marymount, yeah. uh, Santa Clara, those are going to be probably, you know, four, five, six, maybe in the in the West Coast Conference, 
That and, could be a Q3 game, though. Like, come on, that could right. be a Q3. Right, so those, those, so those could be helpful. The problem is that's the best mm-hmm. they've got on here. They've got a neutral site game against, what, South Dakota Washington. State? Washington? Washington I think South Dakota State's going to be better than Washington. In the yeah, I, Absolutely. I know. I'm just saying not many. Uh, it's like, God, people you think about the casual people, oh, Washington, they're jackrabbits, like, well, Nick. Nico Medved was there a couple years ago, but that you're we're not wrong. But there's people casually looking, well, who they got? Washington. That's it. That's what they see. Oh, it's a December 15th game. I was trying to figure out who is UMD. Minnesota Duluth? It's not it's even a hockey Right, exactly. We've got Bemidji State coming after that or something. They don't. It's not. That's not real. But, you know, it's just. Could be. This I would have questioned it. They've got Eastern Washington who, again, you know, let's go back to that Oral Roberts conversation for a second. Eastern Washington had a half where they were giving, I believe, Kansas a run for their money. Um <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that half of basketball got Shante Leggins a, a job at Port- Portland, where he then took a lot of the team um, that didn't transfer elsewhere. Jacob and Tanner Groves go to uh, Oklahoma, I believe. Uh, I, I, yeah, so it's just this is not the same Eastern Washington program, so that's not really all that good of a game. There's just not a lot that jumps out as like, hey – Committee, give us an at-large bid to the tournament. So I don't see a single – let's see. Where is this San Francisco? At San Francisco, I think, is the – at San Francisco or neutral site against South Dakota State are the two best opportunities, I would say, for a Quadrant 1 game. But I'm not really sold that either of them are going to be that – San Francisco – on the road, I think it's the closest. They need to win like 25 games to be even considered. They need to win the, the Mountain West tournament, I think is what they might need to do. Yeah, if they're like 25 and four, they probably get in. But, you know, yeah. Um, yeesh. It's a bad schedule in terms of setting yourself up to get selected. It's not Syracuse, right, who's going to have mm. a million one opportunities. It's like Nevada – I mean, I'm not trying to throw anyone too far to the bus, but it's like, really? You couldn't get one? And they're they're on the road for a decent amount of these. It's like you couldn't find one team who was willing to have you show up <laughs> and, and play them? I don't know. It's, uh, it's the head scratcher, man. It, so this is why I think a lot of people have Nevada so low. You know, even though this might be a top 50 team talent-wise – when you start making these brackets and you start judging wins against wins, if they don't have 20, 23, 24, 25 of them, that might not be good enough. All right, so we're on the outside looking in. I, I think they have potential, but I think the schedule's the reason they're not getting in, or at least not now. So we yeah. got to wrap this. We've already got an hour. We've gone through three teams. So it's going to be rapid oh, fire a little well, bit here. We're gonna, let's talk bit. about our, our – yeah, we'll go a little rapid fire with the next one because those top three that we just talked about were the were the most important, I think, because those are the three that yeah. I think have major uh, a major chance to get to the NCAA tournament. The next two teams on our list um, were Boise State at number four and Utah State at number five. Um, for me, I mean, I'll just tell you, Boise State lost Derek Alston, and they really. 
they just really kind of collapsed at the end of last year in a way that has me a little not worried about Leon Rice necessarily, but just kind of I want to see that the program can really bust through and, and get to that consistent winner type of level before I'm feeling good about picking them any higher than fourth in the league right now. Um, Does he get a Twitter bump for joining Twitter finally, Coach Rice? Yeah, he does. He gets a huge Twitter bump. Um, <laughs> How many wins does that equate to? <laughs> the one. He's won my heart over. That's the win. One because um, they'll show up for pizza and never they win that game because it's a sellout crowd. <laughs> now the thing about Boise State is, before I say that they have no chance or whatever, they've got some good games on their schedule. They go at UC Irvine, which could be a sneaky quad two win. Um, they have St. Bonaventure, who's a top 25 team already at a neutral site, and then they might get an ACC team in Clemson neutral, potential for another quad two. Um, St. Louis, that would have been a much better game when St. Louis's best player had his ACL intact. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> um, he does not, and so... St. Louis, I think the ceiling on them goes down a little bit, and that's a home game anyway. That was always going to be tough to be a Q1. Tulsa, I don't really see them being up in that area. Um, so a little top-heavy maybe. The one that could get a little interesting here, they've got a neutral site game right before Christmas against Washington State up in Spokane. Um, yeah, so that is a game... I think that Washington State is another dark horse. They're kind of right in that Nevada spot where they've got the pieces. I'm just not totally convinced that it's going to all come together in the right way, especially, you know, they're in the Pac-12. Um, but I think that for Boise State, that could end up being a valuable game. Uh, but they need to actually win these games and they need to take care of their business in conference too for any of this to matter. So. So like so they're almost like reverse Nevada where kinda where they're the schedule where if they can get the wins they're gonna get bumped then possibly but talent yeah. also has to be there where you mentioned Derek Alston um he's I forget who he signed he sent some he's with the Jazz I think a free agent deal or something with their G League mm-hmm. um something like that so they lose talent but like Rice he's about Rice like you're right like he's been there he's been close he's one of the most animated coaches in the conference <laughs> he lit the lit the floor on fire a couple years ago sure he just needs uh. You gotta get the W's, man. That's, yeah, I mean, that's he's only, got a, it's what he's missing. He's close. He's got a core coming back. You know, a lot of those guys who were contributing last year, and uh, you know, uh, for uh, Derek Alston was great in this league while he was here. This last season, Derek Alston disappeared some games at times, sometimes for a whole game. Um, and the guys, it was Abu Kijab, it was um, it was Devonair Dutrieve, it was Emmanuel Acott, it was those guys who stepped up in those moments. Uh, and they're back, you know, so it's not like Boise State's cupboard is totally bare because Alston's gone. Mladen Armish is back, too, who's a total favorite of mine. Uh, RJ Keene is a freshman coming in that I know a lot of people are real high on. So this is, you know, Boise State has a lot of the good pieces. There's, And this is why I didn't pick them fifth or sixth or seventh, you know, or anywhere lower than fourth. I think fourth is great because I don't necessarily – I am not convinced in the same way that this – Team is built to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, they do have a tough schedule in the opening, and that could work against them if it doesn't go to plan, right? Because an away game at UC Irvine seems great until you lose, and now it's you know this 
awful thing you have to carry around with you. So, yeah, I think Boise State is the closest thing to being, you know, right on the outside looking in in this league. So who's like the talent? Like they, like who's their go-to guy? Like I think who's I think over for all systems. I think the key job is going to be the guy that you're going to see. Um, Makes sense, yeah. But Devonair Dutrieve, I think, is I. He was good when he was with Arizona. Um, you want another Oregon State reference? Well, they're going to keep coming because that's how I relate things in my brain. Uh, he <laughs> scored <you> <laughs> like this devastating um, buzzer-beating tip-in shot against Oregon State when he was with Arizona. Um, Emmanuel Aycott was also, I believe, on that same team. Uh, you know, he was with Arizona for a couple years and just – I think that both of those guys, I think that that trio of guys, and remember, Abu Kibjab, he came from Oregon. So those are three Pac-12 guys who are, or, you know, former Pac-12 guys who are all in Boise. And I think that they are going to come together, you know, in a good way. Who knows? Max Rice could be the guy who comes out and shows out. He, he, he has actually, it's, it's funny. He's turned in, you know, to a, a real guy. At first, it seemed like it was sort of a novelty. You know, throwing him in at the end of the game or something like that, but he's he's a guy who can contribute for the squad. So I don't think he's going to be the leading scorer or anything, but I do think that you know the team I think is going to go to kind of relying on Kijab and Dutrieve for most of the scoring. So the, if they're not in state, they're probably the number one NIT team essentially. Oh, I think they'll be in the NIT. I wouldn't necessarily go so far. I think that Nevada has closer. You know, I think Boise State would get in the field, but maybe not be a one seed in it. Utah State. They still have have Matt. They still beat them. Justin Bean. Can they? They they tried to get the uh, Bean and Diego thing going, but they wouldn't do it because they get the NIL. Does Justin Bean have that taco time or Del Taco Bean Burrito deal yet? I don't know. I mean, I hope so. Isn't there a Justin Rice on the Utah State football team? Rice and Bean? How do you not have it, man? I I think I saw that from somewhere else. That's not an original thought. That's right, right? Justin, he's back to Mountain West. He's with Fresno, Arkansas State, now with them. But uh, get that combo deal, Del Taco. Come on, what's going on? Yeah, man. So, yeah. But, no, I think that Justin Bean is really the guy, you know, it's Utah State's a real hard team to oh, peg right hold now. Hold on, wait, hold on. He, I forget, he does have a deal with Taco Time. <laughs> Just oh, he does. He, okay, he has, perfect. Um, hold on, yeah, promote Taco Time burritos, obviously. Uh, let's see here. Because um, it was two years ago. Here's the exact deal because I wanted to bring it up because I remember vaguely. Two years ago, Taco Time approached him about Justin Bean and Diego Burrito for the Bean Burrito. But I was like, well, he can't use his name. And so they had to wait to put that off. So now he's back. Um the burrito's the, gone. The, well, they have a Chris Bean burrito, so the actual burrito. So here's what he gets. They actually put in there. He received uh, – um, uh, oh, no, sorry. That's something else. Sorry. I thought they said exactly how much he got. So because it says a and whatever, the COA type of deal. Mm. But he just has the bean burrito deal. So I'm hoping it's better than stupid – we never mentioned their name on here, but I will one time. Barstool, who basically just gives you T-shirts and gear. It's like, don't do a deal for that. Get paid. Oh, don't just yeah. – that's like free work still. It's like, come on. Don't take gear unless you're getting gear plus money. You know what I mean? Get your money. That was the whole point. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, he does have some time. Maybe I need to go get his crispy and burrito. There you go. Support this time. man. Do you have taco but, time in your neck of the woods, woods or not? Uh, I I do not have a taco time here in Madras. We have a Taco Bell. Okay. It's taco mm-hmm. time's fine. It's good enough. Oh, I um, grew up with it. There was a taco time in Corvallis where I grew up, so I grew up on on those crisp bean burritos. Crispy ones are good. So okay, but getting you know away from tacos and back to the Aggies. What's <laughs> the food now? I'm gonna make a run in a little bit. Right? So I think that they are a team. They might. They're one of the bigger wild cards in this league because they got a new head coach coming in. So Craig Smith is gone. He's in SLC. Right. He's not too far away. But he's he's, yeah, go use. There you go. <laughs> um, so now Ryan Odom comes over, famous for guiding UMBC, Maryland, Baltimore County, to uh, the 16 over one upset of Virginia a few years back. You know. So you gotta, you know, you gotta give him that. And he brought. He brought some pieces with him too. He brought his leading scorer and RJ Idlerock. He brought, I think, his second leading scorer and uh, Brandon Horvath, guys, yeah. uh, who had a uh, nearly a double double almost, I think, last year. So, yeah, he brought in a couple good guys with him too. Um, you know, these stats and these accomplishments. These are well, I mean, the sixteen over one accomplishment. Hey, you can't take that away from him. But it was a few years Coach, ago. It's a not a. Talent-wise, you had to have talent, but it's also out-coaching in Virginia, too. Sure. Right. And, I mean, Tony Bennett's not a guy who gets out-coached all that often. It happens from time to time. I mean, San Francisco had a big upset over Virginia last year. And, you know, I'm not trying to take away anything from what UMBC did. That was amazing. They And they, they blew them out, too. It wasn't like they, you know, buzzer yeah. beer. But, um, anyway, so Ryan Odom's coming over from that. And that's great. I um he brings some guys with him. He gets, you know, he steals or whatever you want to say from uh, Utah State to get Ryland Jones. So that might be their answer there at point guard. Uh, they still have Justin Bean. So, you know, at that point, you're looking at Stephen Ashworth also showing up and being a guy who's still here in, in this program. Brock Miller, guy who's here, who's been here. Brock Miller is somehow oh, yeah. still here. Brock Miller headband, can't right? never die. Oh, yeah. He hasn't grown. Uh, yeah, I mean, he hasn't changed a lick since his freshman year, I don't think, really. I mean, he's just kind of still out there doing his thing. But it seems like he's been here forever. So. Exactly. I noticed on their schedule, is every Mountain West team required to um, play UT Arlington? Because Utah State plays them as well. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, in the bylaws necessarily. I just... You know, who knows what the Rolodex looks like over there with a new coach. Um, let's see here. The schedule's decent, though. Like, UC Davis is okay. They get Richmond. Um, Penn's usually solid in the, in the Ivy League. They might play New Mexico State or Davidson out in that Conway tournament. Like, it's not a tough schedule, but they have, they'll be challenged and some decent wins. Obviously, St. Mary's on their schedule like other Mountain West teams have. BYU, which they play every year. They, they have Iowa as well and the Sanford, the Pentagon thing. So they have some decent, like Weber State, yeah, it depends on the year, the big sky, but their schedule's better than Nevada, so that gives them that, right? Right. Yeah. Um, it's just, at a certain point, you know, you can start looking at quadrants, you know, at a certain point when you get down to the rankings, it doesn't really matter, you know, you're not looking at their quadrants for them, they only really matter to the higher teams. You, you, there's a cutoff in terms of getting to the bracket, and I don't think Utah State's, 
necessarily going to be in that conversation where we're going to be doing a ton of digging into their resume uh, in March. But hey, no, I, I'm, I'm a hater, I guess. So well, I think it's kinda, I don't have a taco time in my sound. So that's true. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah, I, like unless they somehow pull off a huge kind of upset and go crazy, we'll be looking at them like they're the teams are playing. It's a good enough schedule to be like to be where we'll know who they are. It's not like it's a new coach and we're gonna load up on directional technical institution schools. Like they're playing teams that are that'll we'll know if Utah State is like a top four Mountain West team with a schedule. I think once we get to league play, because it's good enough to be challenged and they play some good teams. Yeah, I mean, I think even just in that first week test in the Veterans Classic against Richmond, I think you're going to see, because uh, that's, yeah, it's in Maryland, but I mean, anything on the East Coast is like 10 minutes away. So, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're, they're playing in Annapolis, going from Richmond. That's not a huge drive. That's another one of those semi-neutral kind of games, I think. Uh, I think Richmond's going to be, you know, obviously have the much – bigger following probably there than Utah State will. Uh, I think even just in that game, you'll kind of see, but but that'll be so soon into this new coach and this team playing together. It's just their second game. That'll probably be too early to tell too much. Um, but I look at this schedule and I'm thinking, geez, even if you went undefeated through this schedule, would you be ranked? When you came out of it, you know this this um, hmm. non non conference schedule. That's, you that's said undefeated. Yeah, that's how I kind of like to look at these non conference schedules. Sometimes, like if you came out of this undefeated completely, how high would you be ranked? And I'm looking at this and I'm like, eh, they'd give you getting votes for sure, but I don't really know that they would be a top twenty five team. They're fourteen and zero. I think they would be if you have that many wins. Uh, maybe at that be. point. Yeah, maybe at that point they would be. But because here's the thing: you have BYU, who's good on there. They beat Iowa. That's a brand name team. Like they beat St. Mary's. They beat well. I was not gonna be all that good, but hey, it's whatever. a Big Ten team. Voters don't pay attention unless you. True. Beat. The voters do not same. pay attention. Voters are voters. stupid. That's true. This is not a computer but, poll. This is this is real humans being stupid and turning in their stupid work. <laughs> Because they'd play eight, see, they have nine, ten, eleven, yeah, um, thirteen and zero. I, I just don't buy I it. They, I don't think any of the teams on their on their schedule are gonna be ranked. Maybe BYU. That's the only team on their schedule I think that will be ranked by the time it's all said and done. And I just, yeah, I don't, I don't really see it. It doesn't jump out on the page to me as a great. Noise, I think, is quantity matters at some point. Yeah, that's true. When you said fourteen and zero, I mean that makes me do a double take at my, you know, yeah. my guess there. Yeah, but it um, won't go. But like games, yeah. they, like they're probably not going to be BYU. That's in Provo. Um, Saint, probably not St. Mary's. Like I can see them having eight wins in non-conference play, possibly. Yeah, and I mean, if they do, that's great, but it's not going to get them into the conversation no. unless they run the table in the Mountain West or something like that. And then you know, yeah. So I, I think that I think Utah State shouldn't have a train wreck their first year coming through this transition, but I think that it will be a transition year. Um, but hey, I, I, still a fifth place finish and a buy in the conference tournament—that's not the worst thing in the world for your first year. Now, I think the Utah State's a team where it's enough talent. Where like remember Craig Smith, like it took him only two years, like he's almost instantly out of the gate, pretty good, really good. 
And so he was instantly out of the gate really good. It was his first year, if I remember right. Okay, oh maybe you're right. Yeah, it was that. Was that also the year where there's the Nevada Cause had, fire? Because he had fire three years. Season. So he had the year that they actually went to the tournament. The year that oh, they yeah. the only March the, Madness the, moment. The, the Sam Merrill, yeah, the only March Madness moment. The Sam Merrill <laughs> shot, and then <laughs> they had last year. So, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I mean, he was, and, he, and those were his three seasons. And then he's and like, he all right, always be good. Like. Sam Merrill, or not Sam Merrill, um, Stu Morrill was there forever. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's okay. You said Sam Merrill, and the first thing that went to my head was Lefty yeah. Drizel for some reason. So <laughs> we, we, we both went the wrong direction. At least I went to a coach, but not the right yeah, one. They used car salesmen to elbow, the patches on the elbows. But, uh, like, they've always been really good. They've been a couple of dips because we go from the Big West to Wacked Mountain West. They're long enough removed from those years, but they've never been a bad basketball team except for maybe, like, very few years, like the first couple after, hateful after um, he left, Dumoral retired. So let's go through the next set of teams. Here's, like we're going by tiers a little bit here. So we go with Utah State. Yeah, and, and then it then it drops down a little to you know we get to Fresno State and UNLV, who I think both have a lot of dark horse potential in terms of these are teams that I think could oh, no, finish. Stop. stop you. I'm not. Saying- He's a dark UNLV is always a dark horse, so I'm never going to say it until they prove me something. Okay, never, they're not going to be. I'll be. I'll, hey, I will. That's what makes them a dark horse. You don't I believe will, them. <laughs> no, no, dark horse means something happened. I say, <laughs> I say, Fresno can't be because they actually have a good player in Orlando Robinson. That's why you know, they pulling yeah. up from there. But UNLV, I'm never trusting them again. They. They need to prove it to me. I will not believe it. Hey, them. they got rid of TJ Otzelberger. That didn't prove anything to you? <laughs> it proved that they were committed to – they understood that there was a problem. I mean, yes, he left and he went to Iowa State, but I don't think UNLV was too sad to see him go. I mean, I'm putting words in people's mouths or whatever, but, you know. If only they could have hung on to Chris Beard for more than a week. If only. But, hey, he had but bigger fish in the track. We've all been burned by them too long. I'm not sure, going sure, to sure, sure, sure. And hey, I I picked them seventh, so you don't you're you're preaching to the choir here. I'm just telling you kind of why they're on this tier with Fresno State. We had people, I think, even on our staff who picked them as high as fourth. There are some people who believe in this UNLV team. They have Kevin Kruger. But, they got Long Kruger behind them, whispering, which could be good. Like I, I love the hire. Like yeah, I think. You know, so people are excited, and I think there's a natural tendency for a lot of people to kind of want UNLV or to at least perceive that UNLV is a good, strong basketball program, so they'll be good in the conference. I know UNLV. I've heard of them. They have a national championship. And I think Jimmy Kimmel, hey, there you go, Jimmy Kimmel, man. He's got his own bowl game. He must know what he's doing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah, I think uh, I think that UNLV has that name recognition that gets them a little bump there. There's pieces to be excited about, though. Kashawn Gilbert was just voted Freshman of the Year preseason for them. Um, but, you know, yeah. so was Nikhil Blake last season. So, hey, who knows what's going to happen. And David Jenkins, I think, was Newcomer of the Year last year. That didn't really work out. You know, he was preseason Newcomer of the Year, I mean. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, you're – you're not wrong necessarily to be snake bit. I do think that Fresno State, like you said, they've got a guy. They got a real one in Orlando Robinson. It's, you know, seven foot, 
power forward who can, you know, shoot. He can just play defense. Orlando Robinson is just, he's a great, great guy that does not get enough exposure because he plays for a middle of the pack Mountain West team. Uh, but guys just, like. Just say this, to, just say, just say this to people. Paul George played for Fresno State. Yeah, Paul George played for Fresno State. Do you know Kawhi Leonard played for San Diego State? Yeah, I mean, we can just go through all the, all the little facts about every single team that gets said on every broadcast. <laughs> Paul George played for, <laughs> for Fresno State. David Roddy was a football player. Um, exactly. So yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's other guys though on this team to be excited about. Dion Stroud, um, yeah, uh, Gosh, Isaiah Hill, uh, Junior Ballard, these, uh, these are guys who are good players who came together well near the end last year. You used Fresno State as an example of a team that didn't really gel together at the start very well. And you're right, you know, there were some growing pains there and it didn't all come together all that nicely. Near the end though, they were kind of making a little noise and they were they in were. a lot of those games more and they, they looked more like the team that had people thinking that Justin Hudson was like the next big thing in the league. Uh, they looked more like that team than they did at the start of the season. And yeah, so, because they all got the eligibility. Oh, you can play. It's like, great, we got these players, but we can't practice. Roster's over flooded. But I do remember we discussed later in the year they picked up things. And that's why I think, like when I say Dark Horse, like I don't know if they'll win. But I can, Dark Horse for me for them would be like a top three finish. Right. And I think – that's fair. I think, yeah. Now, I, I think if you're a dark, if you're a dark horse team, you're beating ahead of like, you're beating number three ahead of like well, Nevada. So when I say it, just to like, you know, give you an insight on what I'm saying when I say, you know, I think they could be a dark horse. I think that they are a team that I could see stringing together the wins that they would need to in the tournament, in the Mountain West tournament to steal that bid. Um, and you know, when I'm looking at, that down the line, I'm going to see Fresno State in a spot like six. I'm going to see them like up, you know, against whatever that three seed is. And I am going to see, you know, I'm going to just think of them as a team that might put it together and get through there. So when I'm talking about them as a dark horse, it's more as I see them as that sort of team. Semi-final team maybe. Or even win, you know, yeah, or even win the thing and, and sneak into the tournament somehow. Um, I don't really think it would happen. That's why I'm picking them sixth, right? I don't think they're the best team in the league or anything. But yeah, I do fair. think that they have enough talent and enough, you know, they they gelled really nicely at the end of last season. If they do something like that again, that kind of chemistry is the thing that those conference tournament runs like Oral Roberts or whatever had are – that's what those are made of is, you know, teams coming together, getting hot at the right moment. And Fresno State's talented enough that if they do, you know, that could happen. Hey, Oregon State, how am I going to talk about teams getting hot in conference tournaments and sneaking into the NCAA tournament and not talk about my Beavers? Jeez, I almost had a huge lapse there. But, yeah, no, I think I I can see Fresno State or UNLV there, but I don't know. And then after that, you get to the end. UNLV has a lot of transfers coming in who just are, you know, I don't know about them. They do have Bryce Hamilton, though. They don't, yeah, it's not like they don't have anybody. Him. Bryce Hamilton came and in. He got, uh, yeah. Well, he got, you know, he got a preseason All Mountain West selection, Bryce Hamilton. Um, I think some people weren't super convinced he deserved it over Matt Bradley, but. I think most of those people were probably San Diego State fans, so we'll call that one a wash. Um, 
Yeah, they got a lot of transfers in, you know, a lot from the Big 12. Um, they got in, like, a former Southland Defensive Player of the Year, David Mwoka. They got a good shooter in Mike Nuga. You know, they got some pieces there, so I get the excitement, but I also get, like, what you said before, that it's just been too many times that, you know, this is their year, and it's just so not their year. <laughs> so... Yeah. No, it's it's true on that. So so uh, the rest of the conference. Yeah, guys, kinda, like we mentioned. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to those teams? Like it's basically well, the bottom half. Like the Mex- Richard Pacino, yeah. he's taken over, which is like whatever. Yeah. Fine. They. I, I'm not so enthused about that hire. I I feel like that was the biggest I job see. that he was going to be able to get in the you know after the stink of coming off of what he did in Minnesota. Um, I'm not super convinced that he's like, that he's personally all that excited about everything here. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just not sure I see it as the best fit and that it's going to work out. I might be completely wrong about that and they might do great, but they lost, um, as far as I know, the last I saw from, uh, from our friend Isabel Gonzalez was, uh, Saquon Singleton with, with a heart condition that was forcing him out indefinitely. And that's just like a massive blow to that team. So, uh, yeah, I'm not really sold on, on New Mexico at the moment, but. We'll see. Um, Wyoming, they had their own Marcus massive Williams, blow. Marcus uh, Williams is gone. Uh, yeah, freaking Texas that, A&M. What are you guys doing? Know, he, he went home. He went to his home state. Man, you know, whatever. Wait, good I, for, good no, for him wait, wait. to go to the SEC. Oh, no. Hold on. Where is he from in Texas? I do not remember. Off the I'm going to check real quick because just, I remember in every – that was what the thing that they say in every game is for Wyoming, that, you know, Marcus Williams was from Texas. <laughs> okay. Texas, you're speaking to somebody who's from Texas. Okay. It's a quite it's a large state. Yeah. So heard of that. If I say, hey, I'm going to El Paso, back to Texas, I'm not going back to Texas. That's like you're closer to Los Angeles than you are the beach in Texas if you're in El Paso. All right. The Let's state look, is so he's from Dickinson, Dick- Texas. So he's it's near it's a Houston suburb. So he's a Houston guy that you went to Texas. Fine, okay. I will say it's okay because Texas A&M from at least my part of Houston is about 90 miles. So. Well, he's he's closer oh, to Galveston, I think, than he is to Houston, but, you know. Well, Galveston uh, to Houston is like 60 miles, so. Right, okay. right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just over 100 miles from Texas A&M. It's not like he's from, from Amarillo or something. Or Lubbock or, yeah, right. or Odessa. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Harlingen or Corpus Christi as it label every Texas city I know. But, okay, I will allow it. Okay, so yeah, so he goes, let's say, pretty close to home to go to uh, to go to, to Texas A and M, and yeah, great for him. But let's focus on what they brought back. You know, Hunter Maldonado is still there. That it feels like that guy should have graduated a long time ago. He's a junior, I think. He's like not even. I don't know. COVID year, your senior, something like that, or yeah, maybe now he's a senior. I I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but. He's back. Anyway, that's the main thing. And he's going to do his Justin James thing again where he's the guy. Um, you know, I think he, you're going to see him doing that point forward type of big dude handling the ball a lot, doing a lot of the scoring. So I don't think they're in dire straits losing Marcus Williams. Um, he kind of tapered off a little, I think, near the end of the year a bit too. Um, 
for Wyoming. You know, not quite as hot as he was coming out of the gate. So I think Wyoming's going to be fine. They also brought in a Juco All-American uh, in Deng Dut from, I think, Indian Hills is where he is at. Um <laughs> I don't. I don't quite remember. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I don't exactly remember. No, he was a College of Southern Indiana guy. That's right. Uh, or Southern uh, Idaho. A little different. So, CSI. Yeah, exactly. He was a CSI guy, and I just got the wrong eye. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's a guy from Southern Idaho. So you know, kind of near the area. So that's not a huge transition there, but he could be uh, the. The answer, the guy who fills in there at point guard, but you also got guys like, you know, Kenny Foster coming back. Um, Graham Ike is a big reason why I like Wyoming and picked them over New Mexico. But yeah, you still look at just kind of league wide. I don't know that they necessarily have the talent to compete all the way there, but you could see him slide up to in the, like the fifth or sixth spot. Really? So, well, I mean. Best Man, case scenario, and you get a team like UNLV coming off the rails. Utah State's thing doesn't work out, maybe, or I don't know. You know, there's a lot of flux in the league right now. So when I say that they could get up to five or six, that doesn't necessarily mean I think that they're super great. It just also I, means I get it. <laughs> that they could be good at the same time as some other teams are bad, and I could see them up there. So, you know, uh, I don't see them as league winners, but Wyoming showed me some good no. things. Jeff Linders, and I like. Yeah, exactly. I like Jeff Linder. He's a motivator guy. He's a good coach. So that's something. It's also, it was his year two, essentially, of him, right? Is that correct? That's right. So, I mean, he jumped right out of the gate and made them kind of more promising. I mean, remember, it wasn't that long ago that it was San Jose State and Wyoming tied to the cellar. And Air Force was the team that you were like, oh, maybe they could have, you know. And now Wyoming and Air Force have kind of swapped that spot. So, I mean, uh, that kind of gives away our final two there. So, yeah, San Jose State and Air Force. We've got San Jose State. The big story there is Tim Miles and all the big transfers he oh, brought yeah. in. yeah, Tim Miles. I'm there super excited for it. Tim Lasso. I mean, I don't know if you saw his Halloween costume, but he dressed up like Ted Lasso. Even had, like, his alter ego. You know, legit alter ego. Like, that's who I mean, is. yeah, they had, like, the sign up for, you know, it was great. Oh, and yeah. it's perfect. I mean, there's no better person than, I think, Tim Miles to pull that off. So... Yeah, so I, it's going to take a minute for them, you know, for me to believe in them much. But I did pick them 10th, you know, so that's something maybe. Um, they got some high major transfers coming in from places like, you know, Oklahoma, South Carolina. So you could see some improvement right away. There's some talent there. And Tim Miles, like we said, he was in Nebraska. He's in the Big Ten. He took a team to the tournament in the Big Ten. But, you know. San Jose State's a tough job, and he's digging them out of a real deep hole right now. So we'll see. Amari yeah, Moore is a great uh, – he's going to be their go-to guy, um, I think. He, and he's a returner too, so that's going to be a little bit of a nice bridge for the program. One thing we should mention is stupid NCAA pingy and crushing oh, yeah. Richard Washington Jr. Oh, for – uh, it's so annoying because it was a pre-draft process when they didn't have a coach, when they didn't have support staff, and was it just kind of really a technicality kind of what he was in Well, no. I mean, he played in a pickup game for money. Or I don't know if it was a pickup game or a tournament. It was some – he played in a, a game that was at least loosely organized, and he got paid to do it in in a state – you know, in Indiana. So it's like he traveled to go do it. 
Um, and I think he also I think it's also signed with a non-certified agent. But the thing is, so I think it goes back to the lack of, you know, I think they probably had compliance officers, but they didn't have a compliance director. And I don't think and, and they had a staff shakeup, so he didn't have a head coach around either. And that was kind of his take on it. And either way, I don't the whole year see is the benefit. Yeah, exactly. I don't see the benefit or what the. I don't see why you need to be that punitive. And are you really, you know, half a game is, I think, going to be just as much. I don't know. I, I'm not one that believes in super strong, you know, negative reinforcement as the deterrent. Um, I'm not saying, you know, throw the guy a party or anything. Suspend him half the season. Suspend him the non-conference. You know, only non-conference. Yeah, something like that. Let the guy play, though. Um, I don't know. I just, I hate it. Um, and sure, I'm, I'm probably a little biased too, cause I, you know, I got a soft spot for the San Jose State program. I but liked what Richard much. Washington. Like, how much, how much, here's yeah. the thing, how much money did he actually get? Like, what, what you see I guys sell, so paid, I, I believe, I believe he paid it back, you know, um, or at least, you know, he said he paid it back. I believe. Charity or something. But, yeah. but it's like, there's guys who are sold my jerseys, so you're out six games ever. It's like, yeah, unless, Cooper, unless he's getting like six figures, got three games. Yeah, unless he's getting like six figures, don't get rid of him for the season. If it if it was like ten grand or whatever, give him. I don't yeah, know. It's like he's this. like joined a pro team in Serbia for the summer, and you know, like made like it was a job, and he actually became a professional, not just a dude who showed up to a pro am and got you know a yeah. Gift certificate to Arby's or something. <laughs> I don't know. We've said, we've talked about like four or five different fast food places. We need to get a sponsorship deal going. Here. All right, uh, totally. Right. We need to figure this out. How can we... All right, so Air Force. Yeah, so Air Force. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, okay, there's AJ Walker. Cool. Um, I'm never gonna let this go. I know. Who's your head coach? Who's your head coach, Air Force? I forget. Joe Scott. He's back, baby. That's right. He was the guy who actually led into a conference championship and lost the first round of the tournament years ago. They need to do the line change. They have, they are the most elite trained athletes in the conference for what they do. They are at altitude. Just five in, five out. Every media timeout, just do it. Yet they play both 15 to 20 guys a game anyways. It seems like we checked your box score. It goes pretty deep. They yeah, need to just. I mean, I don't get like. Well, okay, so you do that. How many of them can actually put the ball in the basket at the end of all that running? That's not the point. Hold on. Well, it kind of becomes the point. No, hold <laughs> on, you... hold on. Let me get there. Okay. You're not wrong, but let me. Okay. Let me... Right. I'm saying the football team's figured it out. You do something so you and Joe Scott does this. He just does the opposite. He just does the old four corners, and we'll have ten possessions a game essentially. But. <laughs> The football team figured it out years ago. Triple option, nobody does it. So it's so unique, you're going to either upset somebody or be really close to upset somebody, right? So, and who, and if you want people to come to your game, nobody wants to watch a 40 to 36 game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to no, see I'm them. not tuning into Air Force Virginia when they play. Yeah, I don't, they don't actually play, but. Um. Wisconsin Air Force? No way. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. Oof. But point B, be exciting, do something different. Okay, maybe not the line change. I still like the idea, but just <laughs> run, 
I, I, I still, I'm still in for it, but like, do, do what LMU used to do back yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Like, run these teams to death. You're at altitude. You're already in good shape. When you go to sea level, it's help, more helpful. Play t- 15 guys deep, but run and press the entire time. These guys are in peak condition. Like, they're a different type of athletics, athleticism compared to some of these guys who go into the NBA or just different athletes, but their stamina type deal is going to be per, pristine. So I don't get why they don't press, they don't run, they just try to get as many possessions as possible. And I get the point, well, if the other team's more talented, they eventually get over, but other teams will get tired. Unless you're playing Nevada, like, remember, or remember Muslim in the old day, they play, they play six guys. They play a team that runs up and down, they're in trouble. Like, I, I'm like, I have came with the line change, but do something so different where teams have to prepare for you differently, even if your talent isn't there. Like, Fair. you gotta be yeah. great, if that's my point. Like, the line change, whatever, jokes aside, but why not run and gun and, again, do it LMU alone when Len biases or do teams that wanna, wanna get, what, 65, I don't know, what's, what's a good, what's a high Well, I mean, hey, not, not many people do this, you know, this pure Princeton type of deal anymore, so, you know, maybe that's yeah. their, that's what they're trying to do and, you know, trick people or, you know, how Bayheim pulls out the zone and it kills people in the yeah. tournament. Um, I get you know, it. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think you're wrong that uh, something unique, a little feather in their cap would be good for them, uh, and that one seems to make sense for the reasons you gave, right, that they're in altitude, that they are well-conditioned. Um, I just don't – yeah, I think that there are – Offenses in this league that would hold up with them, and I think there are defenses in this league that would shut them down when they tried to do that. Um, so I'm not really sure how much scheme matters at this point for for Air Force in terms of their projection for this season. Yeah. Um, they got to make the bucket. See, like if they if they do the short, like what they do to slow it down, you saw you're not wrong. They got to make the baskets. So right, hold, right. And AJ Walker will make his probably. Um, and I, yeah. I'm not. You know, there's guys on the team who will make theirs. It's just I, I don't see enough yeah. consistent talent there. Um, and it's tough, too, because, <clears throat> you know, Army, Air Force, Navy, these teams, they're, they're military academies. These guys are, you know, they're playing basketball while they're there. Uh, yeah. But they didn't take, you know, you didn't see guys take the extra COVID year. <laughs> from the Army or from the Navy or from the Air Force. So uh, you have a little bit less continuity. You don't get a Chris Joyce back. You don't get Keaton Van Solen, my favorite, back. You don't get a Mechakaya back. Um, you don't get a lot of the experienced guys back and the guys who are coming in. You know, Nick Jackson had some good flashes last year. Um even a, a guy who was young, uh, who was coming up, Glenn McClintock, he transferred out of the program. Uh, he went to Northeastern. So, you know, you lose a guy who might have stepped up into Joyce's spot there. I think Joseph Octave, you know, could be fine. Um, we'll, 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 we'll see. One thing I really do like about Air Force, what they did this year, um, they scheduled a decently soft schedule in the non-conference. Which, for a team like Air Force, who's not going to the NCAA tournament this year, I think that was smart. Um, these are teams where they might actually get some wins. You know, you don't want to come out of non-conference 0-13. You know, Air Force isn't 
you know, be chasing buy games. I don't think they have to really worry about money too much. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that in terms of the skill level of the program, where they're at now, getting some of these warm up games against play, you know, teams like, you know, Denver, Idaho State, um, Tarleton, you know, I think some of these games will be, will be good for them and, they're not going to go out and just get creamed by 40 every night. And I, I think that will help them for the Mountain West season. So they're not showing up already disheartened and discouraged. Um, so I think they could do pretty, you know, pretty admirably in their non-conference schedule. And then once they get to league play, you know, that's when things become a little tougher. Exactly. So I don't know what they'll do, but it's, it's a long road. Maybe just got could capture magic and they, Get to 500 in like three years. I don't know. <laughs> you never, I mean, hey, you got him in the NCAA tournament before, so I'm not counting anything out on that respect. Just in terms of this year, I don't see it no. from them. Um, but it, one interesting thing was that all the computer projections have Air Force over San Jose State, um, in the, in the thing. And I think that's just from recent history, you know, mostly. Cause like when, when Air Force had Lavelle Scotty and Ryan Swan, they weren't bad. They just weren't winning league. So, yeah. All right. ADLC, ADLC dad, we've gone 145 minutes or hour, sorry, hour and 45 minutes essentially. Okay. Um, well, in terms of anything else to add, no, not really. Just that I think this is a, it's a league that it's got a lot of interesting teams in it, uh, especially in this middle area. I'm going to be really interested to see what teams like Boise state, Utah state, Fresno state, UNLV bring to the table this year. Um, cause I project them all to be right in the middle of the pack, but there's some volatility there. Uh, I assume one of those teams is going to be better than I think they will be. And one will be much worse. Uh, so I'm excited to find out who San Diego state, Colorado state is going to be so freaking mm-hmm. fun. And Nevada, if they worm their way up into that conversation and turn this into a three team race, which they absolutely, I think, can once they get into the Mountain West. I mean, we talked about how bad their non-conference schedule is. Once they get into the Mountain West, you know, and we're talking about winning that league title, I think we're going to have a three-team race there, and I think it's going to be fun, fun, fun. So let me ask you this real quick. If you're not picking a top three team, like who's your legit dark horse to win the conference? Is it Fresno State? To actually win the conference, I would say my dark horse would be Boise State, um, out of, outside of the top three. I mean, I know it's not too much of a reach to go to four. I don't necessarily see Fresno State as having the consistent, uh, the, the talent level to consistently win enough games. You know, I don't see them winning 12, 13, 14 games in the conference. Um, Boise State, they do have some things going and, you know, Derek Alston, took up a lot of possessions when he played there. And and losing Ray J. Dennis for them hurts too. We didn't talk about it before. Um, so, you know, they do lose Ray J. Dennis there. But I think that they have the core in guys like um, Kijab, Akot, and Dutrieve, like we talked about. Uh, and if RJ Keene comes in and plays up to a, you know, freshman of the year's type level, that could be the sort of thing that pushes them up into being consistently good enough. It's just, can they finish? And that's been what's kind of bit them the last couple years is just finishing out the season. And that's where the worry really comes with them. Okay. All right. That's good. I, my pick, um, I'll go first to say just because why not? 
Ellen yeah, Robinson's yeah. really good. Justin Hudson there. Like they, I, it can be, it's not going to be those teams, but I'm talking like uh, the regular <laughs> season or, or tournament. But it'd be fun to see if there's kind of a team that sneaks in there. Like I don't want to take too much out of like, hey, get rid of a tournament team, but it'd be nice to see if there's a bit more. Like it's a double-edged sword. If this team does really good, somebody's getting knocked out. Yeah. Just say Fresno or Boise State get top of the conference, win it. It's at odds of it being okay, dark horse team plus CSU plus San Diego State seems unlikely. Three maybe four four really unlikely because. Because they're most likely they're taking over a spot that was. This isn't. I doubt the league's going to be able to. Have, mm, I don't think there are. Possible, I don't think there are three four, teams that have sure. the combination of talent yeah. schedule to. I don't think there are. Um, That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. they're they're going to knock somebody out. It's not going to be plus them. It's going to be or them. San Diego State and Colorado State will probably be good enough that if they don't win the tournament, the Mountain West tournament, they probably will still get in. Nevada will be a little dicier. Um, Boise State, I think they would have to probably win um, unless they really trounced through their uh, non-conference yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think the four bid Mountain West dream is probably a. It's a much longer shot than it seemed like last year. I'll say that. Definitely. All right, so that's it for our mega preview show. You got one long show, so you can listen to it in spurts if you want, folks. It's okay. And we're not going to hold it against you. So MWR.com, check out all of our basketball stuff, football stuff. We'll have everything coming up. And I get, oh, my mic goes blue. I'm guessing our plan because the games are weird in non-conference play. So I'm betting we'll kind of get some sort of regular schedule probably like every other week of some sort. We'll kind of see what games go through and kind of – Go through that because every other week gives everybody a couple games. Yeah, so that's and everybody just remember yeah. that football's still going on, and so you know that that's happening right now too. So before long, we'll we'll have our our game all set up and you know consistent, and we'll be focused fully on basketball. But you know we're uh, plus schedule wise, it's difficult when there's yeah, it is. games it is. five nights, six six of the seven nights a week. It's like. Well, what do we talk about? It's not uh, not to say, oh, we're complaining, but sure, logistically, but I mean, we want to be some, timely as well. Yeah, and some of the games that are happening just aren't worth Ugh, talking please. about. So. Garbage. No, get me away from – I'll bring up Fairleigh Dickinson again. Sorry to disrespect those who went to school or whatever, but <laughs> it's – yeah, we'll get to – we'll get to big tournaments. We'll get to big themes, overarching stuff, and then when league play gets going, I'll probably go like once a week because then we can kind of figure things out, but – We'll be back next time, so MWR.com. Definitely go to HeatCheckCBB.com. Go throw 8 bucks at Andy, and he'll get whatever portion of the $8 he gets. I don't know what that is, but it's a good <laughs> it's a good resource because it's a – like going through it, like what they did was a really good thing. Like, they, like I'll, I bought mine, obviously, because that's where some of his info came from. You get the grade book. You get all the NCAA tournament projected teams. So it's not like, oh, it's just the major teams, whatever it's – Oh, conference overviews, like all conference players, the order finish, a blurb on every team, plus tournament teams, a bit more in depth of project lineup, players to watch, X Factor of the, well, I guess what, 68 teams that go to the tournament yeah. and some other stuff too. So definitely it's worth, it's 124 pages. It's a PDF. Just go spend eight bucks. Who cares? Just go do it. Help them out. And, and, we, and we'll, 
<laughs> I, that's great. Yeah, you earned your eight bucks, Jeremy. You, you get yours for free. <laughs> like, yeah, thank you. It's all done. Okay. It's it's good stuff. Like, what else is in there? Like, what you you tell about? It. I'm just going off what I've read. I've read a good chunk of it. So, Anything uh, else I'm missing there? Well, there's just you know there's some stuff in the the beginning, just kind of overview of you know some of the realignment that's happened uh, or is planned to happen. Um, some of the coaching changes, teams that we're kind of expecting to bounce back. Uh, you get the full bracketology projection in there as well. Lucas Harkins, who's one of the top bracketologists in the country, um, you know, he, he's got his uh, projected field of 68 in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to have the time and the resources to write, you know, those 68 full team preview pages for everybody. Unfortunately, I mean, we're, we're a pretty skeleton crew of guys who are doing this, you know, on the side sort of. So I, I think we did a great job. I was so proud of what we did, uh, and how we worked together. You know, it took like five months working together to put this thing all together from, you know, day one to the very finish. Um, yeah, I hope it's, you know, worth your time, but yeah, previews on every league and, and we, 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 we did our best to really know what we were talking about in these leagues. We really didn't want to, for the smaller leagues especially, we didn't want to um, handle them poorly, which happens a lot. We might not have got it all right. I'm sure we didn't. I'm sure we made nope, some people no, hey, mad. Nobody gets it all right. Well, we nobody gets it all right, yeah. And we probably nobody, missed 16th on this podcast. <laughs> right. And nobody who has been mad so far has done it without using the phrase, my team, um, you know, so everyone who's mad is mad that, you know, we didn't notice that their team was the diamond in the rough and, oh, we picked them seventh or fifth when really they should have been, you know, third or fourth. And it's like, okay, well, at the end of the day, third or fourth in your tiny little conference isn't a massive um, in, impact on the game, right? And, and so at the end of the day where we focused our – our time and our efforts were on the 68 teams that we thought, you know, at the end of the season, these are the ones who are going to be vying for a championship. And thus, you know, that we think that they deserve a little extra shine or a lot extra shine, really. I mean, they got a full page. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it was, it was a lot of fun to put together. It was a lot of fun to release and see, you know, kind of a good response to that. So really excited about it. Looking forward to doing it again. And yeah, hoping people still pick it up for the next week or so before the season starts. Here's one thing I'll add to it. The region previews are a nice touch, a little bit different than what other people do. So it's like the Northeast region, the West, like uh, I do like how that, cause that's like, Hey, it's not just a conference thing, but it's not like a national top 25, but it's like right. for a quick example, the Northeast top 10, not to give away too much, because there's like uh, that's okay. same awards. Like I'm just there, so it's like different conferences: Villanova, St. Bonnie's, UConn. Like Bonaventure, we mentioned, they're a team on the mountain of schedule. Maryland, St. John, Seton Hall, Syracuse. Like they're Buffalo. It's all of the different conferences in that area. Same yeah. with like preseason, like all region team awards. So that's all. That's also a fun different little thing. It's like, hey, let's go to the west side. Well, where does the Mountain West stand out in the West region with well, right, the exactly. West Coast Conference against all those type of things. So that's a, I really enjoyed that. That's always a fun little, it's just different and not many people do that. It's like, well, you're not doing every 360 teams, whatever there are, but let's look at the top 10 out West. And I do have a, a weird thing to pick up. How is, um, Texas in the West. How is Baylor in the West? How <laughs> so, is Houston in the West? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, te- so the way that we split this up was by looking at, um, you know, we split it up by states, uh, 
So, you know, which one to include in which district. So, you know, for Texas, which we talked about already, it was a big, big state. Uh, you know, we had to pick one region for them. The Southeast was already super loaded with all of those programs, uh, in the Southeast because Virginia's in there as well. Um, so adding Texas there, it was just going to throw off the balance of everything in terms of how many teams and how many teams, um, from the top conferences, things like that. So Texas ended up in the West because the West was low on teams. teams. Yeah, I mean, you have however many it is in California, it's a ton. Um, but then you don't, you got four in Oregon, you've got four in Washington, four or five in Washington, three mm-hmm. or there's like six in Utah now, seven. Yeah, two in Montana, that's it, right? I two think. in Montana, two in Idaho, three in Idaho. Yeah, so, you know, these are spread out a lot more, so we needed to do something to kind of balance that out, and adding Texas uh, was the way to do that. Yeah, it's it's a little weird having Houston and Gonzaga in one geographical region. Uh, it's not wrong, there's, what, 20, what is there, 15 to 20 D1 schools in Texas? At least. Because yeah. the numbers, just real quick, just, just so it's, it, it does balance out. Northeast, 82. Southeast, like I said, loaded, 118. Yeah, 72 Midwest and 86. So if you were to take Texas out of there and put them in the Midwest, which could make sense. Yeah. West would have like 60 schools, like 65, and they'd have almost 100. Yeah. So so that decision, I mean, that was kind of the one that I think we didn't love the most. <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we did it, and it, it worked out there. And I think it is kind of good, too, because you remember, you know, last – NCAA tournament when it was Baylor and Gonzaga. The big thing was that these are teams that are from west of the Mississippi, at least. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, when we think of the west and the east for college basketball, I think the east is real super compacted, right? And the west is a much broader geographical space. So, yeah. It wasn't perfect, but I, I think it's fun too. Um, the regions thing is is something that I, I really enjoy, and I'm hoping that we can really um, make a strong part of our coverage. Just to, like you said, give a little bit of a different view on things and to group. You know, with all this realignment, these teams aren't going to be in the same conferences forever anyway. So, yeah, so, sure. so kind of seeing them up against each other and and this way, you know, rather than just doing one top twenty five, we can also see you know. Top tens in the different regions, maybe two that um, give a little bit of shine to teams like Buffalo. Yeah, it can see that like just I mean in the West, like Grant Shearfield, right? Preseason All West team, and they're in the top ten as well. So it's like, or no, actually they're not. Sorry, they're not top ten. Sorry, but you have it's it's a fun. It's just fun reads like oh, what's who's in this schedule? We're playing out here. It's 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 a fun overall. So it's only eight bucks. Like just go do it. That's fun. Our stuff is free. Most of the website stuff on your web, other website's free. So just get it to get a look at Andy's great DPI because that was kind of defunct last year due to basically conference play only. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it came back. I don't think it was a strong – I mean, they got a lot of games in last season. It, it became a lot much fuller of a data set than I thought it was going to be at the start of the year. So that came back a little more. I'm really excited for this year, though, to have more data. The Gold Star Guide at the Gradebook is also coming back, uh, which is the individual player measurements, um, kind of – Talking about who the top three performers on the court were in each game, um, 
This year we're doing some exciting things, kind of changing that up a little bit. There's some info coming out later this week about that. So I'm excited about that project, about the DPI, um, about some other things that we're going to be adding to the site of the gradebook. So yeah, there's just, there's a lot of things that I'm really excited about over at Heat Check. I'm excited about what we're doing here at Mountain West Wire covering this league. It's so much fun. I don't do anything at Mountain West, at Heat Check for about the Mountain West specifically because I just want to save it all for, for our site, you know. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, it's, I'm excited to, to keep doing that here and to, to do everything else over at Heat Check and, uh, and covering the Beavers for the Portland Tribune a little bit this year too. So that's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just really excited for the season to finally start. And, you know, after two hours for this podcast to finally end. I know. I just know I was going to say we did it. Two hours <laughs> we did it. We did it, man. We pushed the needle all the way past empty. <laughs> all right. We're definitely done here. So thanks for listening. You've made it to the end last on Twitter. But we'll be back, obviously, more typically probably 45 minutes to an hour. But uh, yes. MWR.com, check us out on Twitter, MWC Wire, and we'll be ready for the season next week with uh, some sort of mini previews. I know, okay, I'll be honest here. We've been delayed, and it's on me for not, hey, can you rate this on basketball? Andy, did a, you did a great preview for, like, the top 10 or projections plus 40, what, 4,000 plus words. So we got stuff out there. We'll get some more, but we'll get going for hoops and – yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll see you guys around and we'll be here. Go to the podcast, subscribe. We'll let you know when we do new shows. So yeah, until next time, we'll probably see you in about, uh, feast week or something. That sounds about right. Thanksgiving week, we probably, yeah. uh, about that time, we'll be back around to check in with everybody. We'll stay, we'll gauge the temperature sale teams are doing after like 10 games. So, or no, not 10 games, five games, maybe, right? Does that sound about right? Five games, maybe? Yeah, three something weeks? like that. Yeah. Something like that. We'll have some with games. With those MTEs, maybe we'll, we'll see. That's true. Good point. All right. Until next time, we'll see you.